Hello, friends. It is Masters Week. Let's go. This is the Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I got Cian Ajad. I got Joel Shrek here with me, and we are breaking down the Masters. We got your DFS plays. We got your betting plays. We remembered who won the Masters last year, I swear to God, and it is going to be a good, good <laughs> night. See ya. How you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, your hello friends was so calming. It was right? I felt like I was like in a warm, comfortable, heated blanket. It was really nice. You know what's not really nice though? Real quick. It's kind of an aside. I know we only have an hour, but you know, I'm gearing up for the masters, right? And I promise I'm gonna leave a, a trail of breadcrumbs here for you guys to follow me to where I'm going. But the point is, so we did, you know, we obviously do NFL, we're huge in DFS and sports betting and all that, the, the team at Wind Daily. And we've been awesome this year like ridiculous i've made more money this year than I, than I ever have in dfs which is really saying something but here's the thing i rostered david johnson and justin jackson on so many of my teams okay and on play one justin jackson was injured he wasn't even carrying the ball somebody just fell into his knee on play action and david johnson got injured i think on like play two or three and so now fast forward to right now it's the masters i see kevin Nas already complaining of like some slight back pain i know jason days in this tournament who's a guy i like and i have so much ptsd from what just happened four three days ago that i'm like i don't even know if i like Nas kind of whatever anyway but like jason like i don't know like now i have to like potentially fade these guys because of what happened to me in nfl dfs like a mm. couple of days ago it's weird and yeah. I don't like it. And uh, Joel, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I do want to I want to address for one second. I thought there was literally going to be no end to that story. So I'm really glad we yeah, made it. There. That, Joel, 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 how you doing tonight, buddy? Well, let me make you feel better about that. Sia. So give you some context. Earlier this year, as I told you guys, I, I play a lot of college football as well. I took a beating where I went like two weeks in a row where like two of my highest own guys like something they either got scratched last second I had him in or they got hurt like first play. And so like obviously you can't make any money that way. I took a beating for two weeks, went into the next week with the mentality that like, you're at, but tried to reverse it always. I'm like, don't let that short side you know that like you just gotta take your plays. If that happens, it happens. And that's when I ended up hitting my biggest hit of the week the next week, playing some injury prone guys. So don't have a short memory, go back at it, like we always say, right? Go back at it. Uh, as everyone already knows, you know, this week is a tradition, unlike any other. So with that being said, um, there's no election coverage to interrupt us tonight. There's no other sports. They all wised up. They knew that tonight mm -hmm. was the night. They had no chance to compete. So there, here we are, just us and the Masters. Just That's us, right. the Masters, uh, Ray's Crick, Amen Corner, a couple different places I hear. Hogan Bridge, I mean, that's a place, right? All sounds great. Tiger Woods, um, guys, Tiger Woods won the Masters last year. Just wanted everybody to know that. We definitely, definitely remember. Well, uh, yes, Joel? And, and I, I, I'm going to defend us and this show to do that by bone. Uh, he won it 20 months ago. So while technically it was the last Masters, it's not. It's barely last year in our defense. It's true. And and compliments mm. before we get into this top range. So we were the discord was firing on all cylinders already today. And uh, I think it was Jay Garver three, four, five. There's a there's a Tebow sort of uh, tag in there as well. And a lot of like Willett and a lot of these other guys I'm looking right now. Bam, bam, Agtown. Those guys are super active and they kind of like tooled on us for for last week, which was actually kind of hilarious. So. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. I thought it was Tiger and then I, I double guessed myself. Um, that's not the, the correct double terminology. Guess. Yeah. Thank you. You you know, and then, and then you guys kind of jumped in and then we all realized we're idiots, but yes, it was about like, it felt, it feels like it was three or four years ago at this point when uh, Molinari just kind of just crapped his pants on the last day when Brooks missed that putt on 17 or 18, which probably would have sent it to the, the, the uh, playoff, which would have been just electric, but here we are, the Masters. It is in November, kind of crazy, going up against what would have actually been Alabama LSU. But Alabama LSU has got canceled, unfortunately. But it is going to be a fun weekend, no matter what, and let us dive into it. Uh, just as a point of context, Bryson, Dustin Johnson, and John Rahm have the three best odds to win the entire thing. So let's see what happens. And I think I also saw something today. Um, 
Somebody thinks Bryson can uh, knock the ball 445 yards or something, something ridiculous. He's using a 48-inch driver. None of that means anything to me, but it should mean something to you guys, and I'm excited to ask you about it. So, Sia, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm looking at DraftKings. That's where I'm getting the pricing because who actually plays FanDuel Golf? Anyway, we got Bryson. <laughs> we got Justin Thomas. We got John Rahm. We got Rory, and we have Justin Johnson up there in that five-digit range. See ya. Talk to me a little bit about who these guys are and why you think some of them might win the Masters. Well, I mean, you know who they are. That's for damn sure. But I yeah, think everybody but... who's who's playing DFS knows who they are. And what we say every week is if you have like a really harsh argument, you know, fading one of these guys or like a really strong argument. By the way, it's second guess, Michael, not double guess. Thank you. But, okay. Awesome. You know, you're kind of being a little disingenuous if you're like, I hate Justin Thomas this week, right? Like the top five guys here are all really good. I can make plenty of arguments against Rory because while he's making cuts, he hasn't been nearly as elite as the other guys. And I've talked about him at length, so I don't need to go there. I'll tell you though, before I kick it to you, Joel, the two guys that I think I'm going to be on um, in both in cash and GPP more than anybody else. I would say normally I'd be on Justin Thomas, but I like John Rahm and Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson's kind of an obvious one. And that's why his ownership percentage is already like getting close to 25% because he's, he's improperly priced at 10,000. Like the fact that Justin Thomas and John Rahm are 500, $700 more than him is like kind of silly, obviously. So Dustin Johnson, it's not a free square because he's 10,000, but he certainly makes sense given how hot he's been. Um, his last three masters, second, fourth, and 10th, I believe. I mean, he, you know, the one time he didn't play well, it's because he didn't play because he quote, fell down the stairs. <clears throat> yeah. So he's just been, he's been dominant lately and he's been dominant on this course. And, and just so everybody knows, course history, you know, if you've listened to any podcasts or anything on the masters, like it's a big deal and people are going to talk about that all the time. So Dustin Johnson checks all the boxes with course history, recent form, and actually being top 10 in the last three masters that he's been in. And then the other guy, John Rahm, he's in good form too. He was second place at the Zozo. He's got two top 10 finishes. I think his highest was fourth in the last uh, two times he's been out here. So those are the two guys I'm going to be leaning on. You know, it's not surprising that they're both, you know, basically both approaching 25%. They're in that 23% range. I'll tell you the lowest guy right now looks to be Rory, which makes sense. And the second lowest at under 15% or about 15%. And Stephen will... In his article tomorrow, Stephen with Wind Daily, he'll clarify this. But it looks like Justin Thomas is 15 and, and Bryson's in that sort of close to 20% range. So that's how that's shaken out. But unfortunately, I like the two most popular guys. Well, hey, you can get different in other places. And that's why we do an hour-long show on everybody. Joel, talk to me about Rory, why you think he's going to win, and then everybody else in this range. <laughs> so as you guys all know, I will every week give you a reason to play Rory, right? So I'm happy to do so again this week. A um, few reasons why you should like Laurie this week. First one is that if you want, if you're a storyline guy, if you want to follow this week and think, what's my storyline behind? One thing that no one's talking about that I think could become interesting, especially if Rory's in contention at the end of the week, is that he still he just needs this to complete the career Glenn slam. And so that's something that if he's leading and it's close to the end of the week, that's what everyone's going to be focused on. And that's not something I've heard anytime now, which when that happens, when there's not, something's not being talked about before the tournament, usually I feel like that ends up being more and more the case. So, again, no golf data is telling you to take Rory. And like Sia said, you can make a case for any of the top five guys, right? This this is a field where I think, and we'll talk about this more on the betting side as well, one of these top guys is likely going to win this tournament. So um, it, if you want to be interesting with some of your lineups and go for the lower-owned guys on the top tier – because you know everyone's going to be playing DJ and Rom and those guys, then I think it's a pretty good play because um, I think any of these top, this top tier can certainly win the tournament. With that being said, um, like Sia said, it's all about course history here. Um, Augusta is a very difficult course to play if you've never seen it before. If you're not used to the greens, if you're not used to it, uh, guys struggle in their first try. I mean, I think I think I've read other than the first ever Masters, only one person has won the Masters on their first try. So you want guys who have a history, who have, who have played it before. And so of all these top tier, the kind of guy who has the worst history is Bryson. He's really never – I mean, he, he hasn't done poorly, but he hasn't really – like his last five, he doesn't have a top ten. He's got a few in the 20s and 30s. Um, but this is a course where you want to be long, and we all know beefy Bryson with his steroids is going to be knocking him out. Whoa, 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 whoa. As the resident lawyer, my he's goodness. joking. Totally yes. joking. Just Whoa. joking. 
I was going to say Beefy Bryson if you weren't, so I'm glad. Stop it. I'm glad you said Beefy Bryson, but geez, man, come on. We're not trying to get (laughs) – Sia doesn't need more work to do. But anyway, please go on. So, no, but I think, you know, because he's priced so high, um, his history isn't as great. Um, People will will be on him, um, but I think he could also be a good way to get different, right, because it's going to be harder to make your bills with a guy that high. So I like him this week because he's just – He's in good form this year. He's been playing superb. Um, and maybe this is a year where he kind of turns around and makes the Masters, you know, a fit for him. And he finally breaks into the top 10. The problem with Bryson is if you take Bryson and he gets a top 10, that's not good enough at this price range. You need him at a top two or three. Other than that, it's not worth his salary. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, for the most part, this whole range I like. If I, if I had to do a quick power ranking, I would go DJ, Rom, Bryson, Thomas, Roy. I love it. I love it. So I do want to stick here for one more second and and talk about Bryson, because as we've seen, he got a little bit bigger. Now, I don't know why or how, and we're not going to speculate. I think that part's very important. But with the news coming out saying that he might end up using a new driver or whatever, and I only saw that on ESPN's bottom line. So it's, it's very, I guess, known. I don't even know. You guys can Google search it as I kind of just, uh, you know, take up a little bit more time here. But I feel like you know, as much as we want to look at course history, Bryson's not really the same golfer he was six months ago, eight months ago, whatever it was. How much of that and how much of potentially utilizing, see, I'll start with you, utilizing a new driver. How, how much of can course history can you take into effect and or how much weight do you guys want to put on um, this new version of Bryson versus the old, I guess? I see what you did there. And it's a good question. And the answer is I'm not going to like, this is the one guy. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another guy in this field, but this is the one guy where I'm really not going to look at course history because what he's doing now versus like you said, what he, what he was doing nine, 10 months ago is just vastly different in terms of his length. The thing is though, that, that you know, he is like tinkering with his equipment still. He's like, you know, debating on which driver to pull out and all this stuff or which driver to use. And I don't really like that. And I just right. I just wonder if his like his machismo is going to get the best of him, which we've seen that happen before, where he just kind of like goes for it and it goes wrong. I mean, and it's, he rages you out. Know, Would you say that? Would he rage out? <laughs> Would he rage out? Is that like uh, a... he does rage out? Okay. Just but just the rage part. Nothing, just the rage nothing part. Yeah. No, no reason for it, of course. No. Just a class. Your classic everyday non steroidal rage. Oh. Anyway, the point, anyway. the point is, listen, it's a lot of protein at the end of the day, honestly. <laughs> but the point is, uh, no course history, but but it's not that I'm fading him, but I just I'm not as confident in him just because he can hit it long and take these crazy angles. I'm not as confident in him as I am like a Rom or DJ because I think they can get the job done their own conventional way, which by the way, they're pretty long too. So I see Bryson getting into more trouble than those other two guys that I like. And that's why I don't really feel the need to jam him in a bunch of lineups. And, and by the way, that's why his ownership percentage is lower than DJ and Rom. Cause I think as much as people are fascinated by him, they see DJ and guys like Rom as just like more in Justin Thomas as just more reliable. And that makes perfect sense. And how about you, Joel? Does that stuff worry you um, at all to kind of fade him a little bit more? Yes, I don't like the fact that he's tinkering with toys. Like, you want to be going into the Masters locked in. Like, this is my driver, and I am crushing this every time where I want it to go. So, yeah, that's a little concerning. I think the, the course history thing, Sia was spot on with it. It's, like, it's hard to use that because he's just, like, a different golfer now than he was then. But with that being said, like, it's not a negative either way. His course history was never bad. I mean, 20s and 30s not something I would shy away from, and he's just a better golfer now. So, um. He's one of those he's one of those guys where like it could go either way. Like I almost like I like him to take a bet of him to win the tournament and miss the cut, right? Because I feel like it's one or the other. If he's dialed in, he's gonna be up there. And if he's not, like he's gonna be way off. So like that's almost like how you would hedge. Like take him to win and take him to miss the cut. One or the other, you'll probably win it on Sunday or you'll make you'll get your money back with the missed cut bet. I love it. Uh, Bryson to miss the cut here on our friends over at DraftKings plus 550. Bryson to win the tournament plus 750. So solid odds. Definitely some solid odds there. Uh, All right. Let us move on. I think that's enough time on those top guys because there's a lot of people in this field, right? It's the Masters. Everybody but Hovland and Berger, I think, at this point. Um, So, Joel, talk to me a little bit about this 9K range, who you're liking here and uh, what you're thinking. Yeah, and so, you know, just to, to, as a big picture, we kind of want to touch on all those top guys because they're all in play. Big picture-wise this week, it does feel like a lot of people are playing stars and scrubs. Um, 
I think it's going to be hard to get away. You're going to need at least a star or two in your life. I'm fully convicted. One of those big names is going to win um, the tournament. So you definitely want to get your shares of them in there. I want to try to avoid the scrubs, though. So I don't want to go below 6,500. So if I can, I'm going to cut one of the top guys and then, you know, try and balance it out from there so we can keep maybe only one guy in the seven high sixes. And so if we can get like a almost like a stars and scrubs hybrid type model, it's, it's kind of how I'm Ooh, approaching. It's fancy. So. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Tesla of uh, builds. Mm. Exactly. So, you know, some would say I'm an innovator, but who knows, right? I'm just trying to help out every reader <laughs> to everyone at a time. <laughs> but with, with this range, um, there's a lot to like, so I'll kind of just get a kind of breeze through who I'm targeting. I, Xander could easily be in the 10,000 range. Like he's in that elite group. So I'll include Xander first. And I would, I would probably, when you're doing your groupings, I would group him in that top range as well as those guys that you're mixing in and out. Um, he could easily win the tournament. He got tied for second last year. He doesn't have too much of history because he's young. He just hasn't played it all that many times. But um, I think Xander's definitely a, a fair spot for you to be one of the guys that you mix and match. I'm probably going to be pretty. I'm not going to completely fade Brooks, but I'm not going to be too high on him. Um, as we all know, Brooks is frustrating, right? Brooks has the talent to be the best golfer in every tournament that he plays in. Uh, but, like, yeah, he usually shows up in the big tournament, and this is certainly the big tournament. Uh, and he came around last week when his his kind of uh, – his his weekend statistics last week were unreal. He, he almost won the whole tournament. So, um I like him from that perspective. I, I wouldn't hate you fading him. I mean, playing him. But for me, I just like the other guys this week. I think they're more dialed in there. They've been healthier. He's just coming back off an injury. So for that reason, I'm, I'm not too high on Brooks this week. Um, I'm probably also fading Morikawa. I think his lack of experience here um, is going to come to play because that's what we're reading everywhere. It's like if you don't – it's hard to read these greens. And guys who have played here have a big advantage. And he's not going to have that especially for a guy that's typically a not a good putter. I think that could really hurt him. So I am fading, which is probably surprising, but he's not kind of on my list. Um, and then Hatton. So Hatton's interesting. Hatton does not have a history here, but Hatton's one of those guys in a smaller scale is like Bryson where, you know, he's a different golfer now than he's been in previous years. He's way better. And um, we're taking a new guy that we're seeing and using those advanced metrics, you know, we were kind of, like we said last week, he was our favorite player at the use Open. That obviously didn't pan out, but that's what we were getting back to. Like that doesn't mean we should now fade him, right? Go back. We saw something last week. There was a reason for it. A lot of those reasons why we liked him last week, which is he's one of the best hitters on tour with his long irons. That's going to come into play here this week. So a lot of those things are still good for for Hatton here, and I think he could be another way for you to get different. As people will probably be off of him for flopping last week, and he might be able to have a nice rebound for you for this week at the Masters. And then going down, I'll just mention, I like Webb. Webb, you know, I think is getting overlooked. He probably could be up in the upper tier with the, the top five or six guys. Um, he's tied for fifth last year, tied for 20th in 2018. He has a few top 30s the years before that. He's got a great history. The only one knock on Webb this week is that he's just not that long, and they are trying to find longer golfers, especially if it's going to be wet and rainy and you're not going to get a lot, a lot of extra carry. So if that's the one negative, I don't think that's the reason to fade. You know, in DFS, he will have a hard time getting some of those eagles that are you're capable of getting here at the Masters with some of those par five. So from a scoring perspective, Webb, you'll need to probably finish top two or three for him to be worth his salary because you won't get the bonus eagles and, and points off of him this week. But he can do that here. So um, at 9,300, he could be a nice value play. Uh, now the fun one. Here we go. Let's and do the it. One. The big cat. You know, I mean, wow. listen, listen, his form is not been like that great. Like there's nothing you can put off the page right now that's saying we need to squeeze Tiger in every lap. You can't fade Tiger. Absolutely not. But, but, and this is a big, but when you're preparing for the masters, right? How many sayings other than hello friends and, you know, um, it's a tradition unlike other are tied with the Masters. Right? I can think of one more, and it's Tiger at Augusta, right? The guy is special in big moments. This is a big moment. This is a big course. He shows up when it counts. I'm not going to fade Tiger. No, I'm not going to say he's a lock-in. Definitely not a lock-in. Do not play him in all your lives. That would not be a good idea. But definitely don't fade him either, right? Because I don't think anyone's going to be shocked if we see Tiger in the top 10 approaching Sunday. And that's all everyone's ever talking about because Tiger is locked in when it comes to these big tournaments like the Masters. And don't forget, a few podcasts ago I mentioned, and I'll, now's the time to bring it back up. 
Tiger and, and Thomas, months ago, came over to Augusta to practice the Masters because that's all they cared about months ago, right? Now it's here. They've been preparing for this for months. So keep that in mind. JT and, and Tiger have been preparing for this for months. They came back here in the middle of their season just to practice preparing for this week. So um, I think that's something to keep in mind when, when building lineups as well. I love it. And I think I asked you to make a JT and Tiger lineup at some point um, during that podcast. It feels like it was like three months ago now, but I don't remember. But it's good. It's interesting. I mean, of course, and and we, we got to. I mean, Tiger plus 4,500 to win. I mean, come on, guys. It's a dollar. Just put a dollar down. Then you can say you were on it, right? It makes you look so much cooler. So I think that part's pretty important. But it's definitely an interesting range. And I think there's a lot of people, as you said, Brooks Kepka. We know he likes to only get up for these big tournaments. Morikawa, you make some great points. Hatton as well. And yeah, Webb Simpson definitely seems like he's getting um, kind of just not paid attention to. Plus 4,000 for Webb Simpson. Sia, anything to add or anybody that you really, really like in this 9K range? I like how Steven uh, has chimed in and made fun of, because I was about to, <laughs> made fun of Joel's <laughs> pronunciation of Augusta. He says, like, I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. it. You can share it. I should have texted you. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Steven is <laughs> Steven is my friend, and oh, okay. I and and I do that on purpose because in, when I first started doing it, it was not on purpose. I was just being an idiot, and everyone made fun of me. So now it's just a natural thing that I do on purpose. I, I mispronounce it, and everyone makes fun of it. So I knew I have a bunch of friends listening, and so that was kind of my way to shout out my friends who are all kind of dialed into. It. That's fantastic. All right, I like I'm that. Buying, I'm buying that story a hundred percent. I'm not. I'm yeah. definitely not. But <laughs> I like. Very it. Mobile, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> so oh, okay, oh, so oh, wait, wait. Okay, we have a mayor's bet. I need to bring up this. Everybody loves a good mayor's bet. I haven't read it, so we're reading it straight up on air for the first time. Joel wins. Versus Michael's lineup. Okay, okay. Joel, my, my, oh, this is unfair already. Joel wins. Michael shaves his mustache. Oh, if Sal wins, Joel has to wear. I don't understand what any of this means. Is this one of your friends, Joel? Or a cold yeah. glasses? Sorry, just okay. ignore it. This, this, okay, don't ignore I didn't understand that. So. Yeah, so yep. we're gonna we're gonna run right like by that one. As I, long as I don't have anything on the line. Yeah, I don't I'm like gonna... this. So, um, see ya. Talk to me about this 9K range. Okay, so I'll just be real quick. I mean, Joel Joel covered it pretty well. I like Xander. I mean, I think a lot of people like Xander. His ownership per, uh, his ownership percentage is in that like 17, 18% range. That's probably about where it's going to be. Uh, I mean, the guy doesn't miss cuts at majors. I mean, if you look at the last, what, three years, he hasn't missed a cut at a major from what I remember. So he's great tee to green. I mean, he's, he's just... Uh, he could be in the 10,000 range. If he was 10,000 or 10,100, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, Xander's just been really good lately. I'll probably be fading Brooks. I just don't trust him at this point. Um, and, and honestly, he's tracking at around 15%. That that seems kind of high to me. So I'm happy to fade him. Uh, Patrick Cantlay's interesting. I'm not usually on him. He was ninth here last year. He was first at the Zozo, which just was a few weeks back, and he played really well. So that's somebody to consider, but I'm not going to have many shares of him. Colin, for the same, you know, I'm I'm largely going to be fading people who don't have course experience, much like Joel is. So Colin Morikawa, I like. Uh, if I'm doing 20 lineups, I might have a share or two, you know, have him in two lineups, but it's not a big play for me at all. Hatton, I like. Um, Webb Simpson, I like, and it, just for the same reasons that uh, Joel likes, and it, because he's small, he's short. Um, I guess he's kind of small too, but because he's short, like that, that doesn't absolutely disqualify him. Cause you'll see once we get down into the seven and eight and six K guys, there's some guys that you're going to have to take that, that are kind of short, but have, you know, good course experience and are just flat out good golfers. I like Patrick Reed a lot. I don't think Joel mentioned him. Um, he has, he has a green jacket for one, and he has the game mm -hmm. to like really put it together on this particular course. And by the way, you need to putt well here and he can be a really hot putter. So I'm I'm all about Patrick Reed. A lot of people are. He's tracking about 17, 18%. Probably no shares of Tiger. Maybe one out of 20 lineups. I mean, I'm Come just on. not I'm not going to be invested there. Bubba Watson is popular. I kind of like him, but he's kind of getting a little too popular. So might be a fade for me. But that, that's the guys I like in the 9K range. The guys I'm going to be on more than others are probably Xander, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, and Hatton. Those are be like my core in the 9K range. I like that. And just a, a couple of things of note, the last couple of weeks, I've liked to do this and just kind of compare the DFS prices versus the actual betting odds. Same book. So it's all DraftKings. And Patrick Reed is at plus 3000. He's actually tied with Jason Day at plus 3000, as well as Hideki Matsuyama. So we haven't said 
any of the, we just said Patrick Reed's name, but we haven't said Matsuyama or Jason Day. So those are two things. As you said, Sia, you were kind of on Day. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is because Day is significantly less expensive. I think 8400 it looks like. So you can get him at a lot cheaper. So that's something to pay attention to. Morikawa does have pretty solid odds. Uh, Xander Shoffley's odds, um, looking at it, plus 1600 So the books think he's he can win too. He's only he, you know the fifth best odds there. So it's always just something interesting to pay attention to. And yes, man, baby Patrick Reed plus three thousand. As I said, something to pay attention to there. Um, see you though, plus forty five hundred on Tiger Woods. Tell me, just tell me you're going to put two bucks on that for me. God no, no. Okay, I'll tell you what I will do though. If I do oh. a showdown lineup for day one, I'll put Tiger in there, and I might put a couple bucks on Tiger Woods first round leader. Why not? Okay. I mean, he certainly has the pedigree on this course. I, I the thing about Tiger, much like guys like I don't know Fowler or Jordan Spieth, I just or even Brooks, I don't really trust them to do it for four days. I especially don't like Tiger to do it for four days, given how bad he's been this particular year. You know, since the restart, let's say. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, put two bucks on first round leader. I I haven't looked at his odds for first round leader because I have other guys I'm interested in. Stay tuned to the end of the show, Ooh. but um. Yeah, a couple bucks on Tiger just so I can root for him on day one. That sounds fun. Let's do that. That's fine, right? I have a prediction for Sia. So here's what I think is going to happen. I think Tiger's not going to be all that great to start. But start heading into day three, he's going to start creeping up. And I think Sia's going to start getting excited. And I think he's going to make a live weekend bet for Tiger to win the tournament when he starts seeing Tiger being competitive. That's what I prediction. I like that. A, that's I love that because that's sort of what I do. And B, if you like any of the top five or six or seven guys that have kind of short odds, your Xanders, your DJs, your your Brysons, wait for them to kind of, like, wait for one of those guys you like to kind of choke on Thursday and Thursday night when they're you know six seven shots back or maybe five and they've got you know instead of eleven to one they're you know thirty to one. That's when you take those guys. And it's always fun to watch the books. They they react very quickly. Right. If if you have a guy that has, you know, longer odds and he gets a birdie on the first hole, somehow those odds, it feels like they get cut in half. And then same thing for those uh, those top guys. For whatever reason, the books just kind of snap their fingers and those odds change completely. Uh, what were you going to say, Sia? Well, depending on your book. So if you can live bet, whether it's DraftKings or, or another book you might use, if you can live bet day one. So anybody starting on hole 10 is going to have a tougher time than because it's a split tease than, than starting on hole one. And 10, 11 and 12 are, are really hard holes. So you could have, let's say, Justin Thomas. Let's say I, I, the two times are out. I just haven't really looked at them. I don't know who's starting on 10 and who's starting on one. But anybody could look that up like literally right now. So Please. Justin Thomas, let's say he's starting on 10 and he doubles and then pars and then hits a boat you know gets a bogey on on 12 all of a sudden he goes from whatever he is now you know 10 to 1 or 12 to 1 to like 25 to 1 in an instant because he's plus three and he can make that up the rest of the way day one so those are things to consider like there are parts of this course the ones i just mentioned that are really tough and that you can take advantage of poor play on those three holes because you know they're probably going to come back i love it uh, so one thing of note that I forgot to mention in Stephen's first article, Stephen wrote two articles this week. C is going to write two as well, which is fantastic. C already has one out. Stephen does as well. Something happened with the cut. It's uh, top 50 players. Normally it's top 50 plus anybody that's within 10 strokes, if I'm not mistaken. They got yep. rid of that within 10 strokes. So it's just a top 50 and everyone that's tied and we get rid of it there. So I think that's just something of note, something to pay attention to. And we actually, so Rich has asked a couple questions. So far, none of them have been good, but now, or Stephen, oh, sorry, Rich, whoops. Uh, Stephen asks a good question. Thank you, Stephen. We appreciate you. How do you guys think the timing will impact the Masters with it being at the end of the season? Now it is Georgia, so it's not, you know, freezing cold or anything, but um, Joel, we'll start with you. He's probably one of your friends, so he probably wants to hear your answer most. How, how do you actually think it will affect some of these golfers? And again, looking at past performances, I don't know how much how much of a difference the landscape's going to be, but it's going to be a little colder. I don't know. Winds might be different in Augusta in November versus April. You you could tell me. So how how do you think it's going to change? Yeah, it's a good question. Thanks, Dov. So basically, the way I'm looking at it is, it's going the the bigger factor is is less the season and more it's going to rain, and the rain is probably going to affect distance. So it probably means you want to target a little bit more of your longer guys. You know. That is a little bit of advantage for Bryson. But don't forget, like, people, I think, overplay Bryson for that. Yes, he's by far the longest hitter. There's no question about it. He crushes the ball. But there's a lot of other long hitters that aren't that far behind him that people just kind of ignore. And they're like, Bryson's the one big guy. And that's when you think of distance, you go Bryson. So let's not forget, DJ is long. Um, 
you know, then there's guys that are lower down that aren't big names that are also long. If you're looking at that as an advantage, then target those guys, right? So, you know, um, you know, the the guy that that Michael loves, uh, Cockrack, right? He mm-hmm. hits it long. His form is really good. So, like Cameron Champ, I think Cameron Champ, for a number of reasons that we'll get to him in a minute, is one of my one of the sleeper plays I like a lot this week, and I'll get into why and, and some of the things I'm seeing with him. But he's one of the longest guys on tour, and like that's never talked about because he gets overshadowed by Bryson. So take a look at some other of those guys, the, the deeper plays that you know maybe won't be as popular because I wouldn't hear his distance and think Bryson. But those guys will have more of an advantage because of the rain. I think it being in the fall is, is weird. Um, um, the changing the season is weird, but I don't think it will have too much of an effect other than the fact that it's going to rain, and I think that will will make a bit of a difference. And no azaleas. Uh, see anything to add to that? No, I mean, I, uh, I, I um, subscribe. I second. Yes, subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, please hit oh. the subscribe button on YouTube as well. If you're checking us out there, we could really appreciate it. We're almost up to 500 subscribers. Um, so when we get to 500, we'll do a giveaway. Let's call it a three-month membership for free to WindellySports.com Gold Membership. There, I said it. I spoke it into existence. Get us to 500 wow, people. Fun. Get us wait, 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 hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, 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 okay. oh, First oh, of all, oh. let's clarify, because we're talking about our YouTube page, not not Twitter. So if people think the Wind Daily Sports Twitter has oh, 500 no. people following it, that sounds like 10,000 people 10, follow 000. that one. Yeah. So, okay, let's distinguish there. And B, if we're close to 500 and we're giving away three months, let's shoot for like 600. We're almost at 500 oh, okay. on you. Yeah, what are we we're doing shooting for 600 now, guys. Boom. Reverse, reverse. Um, all right, cool. Let's shoot for 600 and we give you a free three month membership to windailysports.com gold membership. Gotta love it. Um, all right, so this show is taking hella long, but it is the masters, and I'm having an absolute blast with you guys. Unfortunately, we have a pretty hard stop tonight, which is the ironic part, but let's move on. See, talk to me about this 8k range because we're gonna have to get a couple of these guys in some of our lineups, right? I guess, unless you're going stars and scrubs, and then you're going to jam in like three elite guys, and then you're, you're going to dip down into the seven and the 6K range, which which Joel has advised against. And, and I don't disagree with Joel. I, I think you should probably, again, I don't think anybody's playing one lineup when they're doing, you know, DraftKings or FanDuel, not mostly DraftKings. Um, so if you're doing 10, you know, maybe do five stars and scrubs and, and five that are like a little bit more even-handed. Uh, but I, I can tell you that it's very appealing to do the stars and scrubs thing because the guys in the 6K range, like guys that Joel just mentioned, or like a Corey Connors, for example, or a, even like a Victor Perez or or um, Harding, who did well here last year. Like there's a lot of guys you could be like, yeah, I could see it. And then all of a sudden you've got, you know, Bryson, Justin Thomas, and, you know, can't land your lineup with a bunch of scrubs. So you can go either way. I, I don't know that I have a, like a hard recommendation, but let's go, uh, let's go 8K here. Guys, I like um, – I don't think I'm going to be on Adam's out, but I don't not like him. Again, I just have to be a little selective with who I'm taking. And so I don't think I'm going to be on Adam Scott. A lot of people are going to be on Tony Fee now. So he's coming in with good form. His last two masters, he's been great. I think with a fifth and a 10th place. The problem is, so the, the, the good thing about Fee now is he's only 8,800. The problem is like he's getting sweated so hard at this ownership percentage, which has already exceeded 20%. He's like tracking towards 25%. And this is a guy who's only won the Puerto Rico Open. Like, so the win equity isn't, in my opinion, yes, he's been playing well. And I, I think people think he has the game to win, but I, I'm not really seeing it. That doesn't mean you should fade him. He's only 8,800 on DraftKings. That's fine. But, you know, I, I don't, there, there's too many people going all in on Tony Fee now, and, and I'm, I'm not necessarily buying it. I'll have a few shares, but he's not one of my favorite guys. Hideki's another popular guy. Uh, again, I, I just, he, he just always seems to flail and never be the guy that people think he is. But I got to admit, he's reasonably priced. Matthew Wolf is a guy I'm usually on. He looks like he's really popular, but he doesn't check the box for me for a prior, you know, player at the Masters at Augusta, if you will. And, you know, more <laughs> importantly, yeah, his game hasn't been as fantastic lately as it, as it was a couple months ago. So Jason Day, I like seventh last week, good track record at the Masters. If his vertigo and his back hold up, you know, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, he'll be fine. And in the 8K range, the only other guys, that's it. Actually, that's it in the 8K range. So basically, just to recap, I like Jason Day, maybe a share of Matthew Wolf, but not a big fan. Couple shares of Tony Finau, maybe a share of Adam Scott. If, if you haven't gleaned it already, like I'm not going to be heavily invested in this 8K range. I have gleamed it. Um, Joel, how do you feel about this 8K range? So, so C and I are a little different here. I like this 8K range. I think this is where I'm, this is how I'm doing my hybrid, right? It's your stars. Mm couple guys here and then we can avoid maybe to go all the way down low so um 
two guys I really like here are Fino and Matsuyama. So I agree with with seeing that Fino's not going to win the tournament. So if you're taking Fino, I think he's going to win. That's unlikely. However, he's got. I think he could easily get a top ten, and at this price range, that's good enough. Like if you have the winner and Fino as, as a top ten, you'll you could you're going to cash and win money this week, and that's how I'm playing him as like a above average guy who's pretty good form. Course history here is strong as tied for fifth last year, tied for 10th the year before that. He's done well at the Masters, and he's long. So his length is going to help him in these wet conditions, especially on this course where you get birdie. So I think uh, the one thing that is turning me off to him is the fact that his ownership keeps going up, and it's hard to play guys at high ownership in GPPs because all that means is you have to do better than 20 other percent of the pool if you're right on him, and if you're wrong, then it's just a complete waste anyway. So what was the point? So I like Fino for that reason. But the guy I love most in this range is Hideki Matsuyama. So hear me out, all right? Matsuyama is a guy that typically, like, he needs to get over a hump and get a major. It's time, and it kind of feels like things are starting to really, like, fall into place for him this week. So if you look at it, like, his past history at the Masters is really strong. Last year, tied for 32, but before that, he is 19, 11, 7, and 5. He's done really well on this course. His game suits it, and he's coming in. Like, his recent form is is there. I mean, he's tied for second at the Houston Open last week. He didn't play at the Muna. Then he was tied for 28th, tied for 21st. I mean, he's consistent. Listen, it, it's a lot to ask somebody to win the match. It's hard to make that prediction, but this certainly does feel like a week where things are starting to align for him. Uh, he's scrapping. Um, I think this could be a good spot where, where he shows up. Again, he's one of the guys, check the ownership. If, if it's up over 25%, um, then I will be less onto him. But if he keeps his ownership well below Finau's, uh, then I think he's going to be a, a definitely a nice way, a nice play in this range. Now, Wolf, I'm going to go ahead and, and immediately contradict what I just said 10 minutes ago about Morikawa. Didn't like Morikawa because he has no course history, and they say it's really hard to get adjusted to these greens uh, your first time playing it. Wolf doesn't have a course history. He's going to have a hard time adjusting these greens the first time playing it. But I, I feel a little safer going with him because I'm mean, at the significant salary relief at this price point. His distance is, is a lot better than Morikawa, so if you're looking at that statistic, it's going to play out well at, at the Masters here. And he's, he's been playing like an elite golfer this year, right? Like, he's got plenty of top 10, top 20 finishes. Um, it almost feels like he's due for, for a major this season, and this could be the one that maybe he pulls one out. So not going to be a high share of him, but definitely not going to be fading Wolf by any means this week. And then the, the, last, two, uh, the last three guys in this range I'm going to mention are Jason Day, Jason Day's been playing really well recently. Um, his his Masters history is really strong with the type of fifth last year, type for 20, type for 22, type for 10. He always does well here, and those are the guys you want to target. I know C is going to be a little scared by his uh, injuries, and rightfully so, especially in questionable weather, but I think it, it, it's worth the risk because he has the potential to s- significantly um, surpass his value based on price this week. Now, the, the controversial ones that I'm going to mention and, and the ones that will be fun to talk about are Spieth and Fowler. So, listen, Spieth is, like, laughable at this point, right? It's like his price range could have been in the 6,000s and no one would have bet. And I'd be like, yeah, I guess he stinks. Was, Why not, he, right? He was, like, in the 6,000s a couple weeks ago like in, like, a real ago, shit yeah. field, wasn't he? It was like, exactly, oh, yeah. yeah, it was bad. He, he ended up – and you know what? He didn't even do that well. He got, like, 40th. But because he, he scores well for DraftKings, right, he got a lot of eagles uh, – birdies, eagles, things like that, he ended up being good enough for you to cash on. So for that reason, one stat to know about Spieth is he's never done worse than tied for 21st at the Masters. Never done worse. So it means that's the worst he's ever done at this course. At this price, if he gets tied for 21, that's going to cash. Now, his form that we've seen recently is pathetic, and it's hard to play someone like that right now. But uh, if we're going off course history, and his recent form is like, slightly less pathetic than it was earlier in the year. So it's like it's improving. So if you're going on that, I think there's some ways where it points speed could be interesting and Fowler. So Fowler, as you guys know, I'm usually like, no, please like move on. I have no interest in Fowler this week. I'm thinking, yes, I'm I'm, going to, I'm going to play some Fowler. And, and the reason is similar to speed. These guys have incredible master's history. And that is so important on this course because it has these unique challenges that some guys can figure out and some guys can't. And, They've proven they can figure it out, and they've done well consistently on this course. So if you want to just do a quick highlight of Fowler's history, tied for ninth, two, tied for 11, cut, tied for 12. That's really strong. That's as good as you're going to get outside the top six elite guys. So if you want to go off course history, and we're using that as one of the main factors, 
then he's got to be one of the guys that, that you're looking at um, for this week. And then the same the same exact applies to, to Paul Casey as well. He's not as a um, kind of starstruck type guy that's going to turn a lot of heads and talk about, but Paul Casey has an incredible course history. I mean, he missed the cut last year, but tied for 15, 6, 4, and 6. So if you're targeting Tark history at $8,000, his recent form is not there, but this is certainly a guy that, that has done well at this course and uh, could be a nice way for you to kind of round out your lineups this week. I love it. My grandma's going to love it too. She loves Ricky Fowler and he has to win eventually that, that I'm going to stand on. I'm going to die on that hill. At some point, the dude has to win a major, right? I don't know which one it is. It'd be pretty cool if it was the masters and he was wearing like a really cool green shirt. And then they put that green jacket on him, but it was like two totally different shades of green. <laughs> I'm all for it. See ya. See ya. I am all for that. And uh, Joel, just again, I do want to repeat the odds for Hideki Matsuyama are better than most people. I mean, he's tied with Patrick Reed and Jason Day, right behind Patrick Cantlay, but ahead of Finau, Watson, Morikawa, Simpson, Wolf, Woods, Scott, Fleetwood. I mean, he's up there. So, I mean, the, the odds, they do agree with you. And again, this is something that we like to say because, hey, it's they know more than we do. They really, really do. So if you see complete price differentials on the DFS side, it's at least something to take into account. If his odds are that good to win the championship and his price is, uh, what do we have, 8700 and he's behind Tiger Woods at 91 and Patrick Reed at 92 and Webb Simpson at 93, there's something there. So it's something to pay attention to, maybe a uh, tiebreaker at some point. So I think that's uh, just something to pay attention to. And yes, one more time, Jordan Spieth uh, should have won two Masters, I think. Uh, completely blew that. That was bad. That was real bad. That was real bad. It really hasn't been the same. So it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. Um, couple as uh, Joel, I really do like when your friends are here cause they actually keep the chat nice and uh, nice and going. There's some, some funny comments here. Yes, you did miss Bubba. I think we said his name earlier. Uh, you being you like the star Bubba. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel being the star of the show should win daily supply him with a real microphone. Joe, what I will say is Joel has won more money playing DFS showdowns this year <laughs> than I've probably made in the last three years of my life. So if Joel can't pony up for an $80 microphone, that's just the way it's going to be here. It's just the way and it's going to be here. And Joey knows that because he was at my house every time I've won to celebrate. So we had a tradition he had to be here so because ah. it was basically good luck. So yes. with that oh, being said, cool. Joey should hey, come Joe. over this weekend for the Masters. Yeah, so Joe, Joel can buy Lauderdale. a microphone. Joe, I live in Fort Lauderdale. I can um, I can pay your airfare yeah. as long as I win <laughs> thousand or 50000 I shoot, I think you'd take a cool 10k. I'm sure you wouldn't be angry about that. Yeah, so. but you do the math on the airfare, and I don't, I don't know, Joe, and you know, I, I don't know. It's just, I guess, like, weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, anyway, yeah, what are you gonna do? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Joey's in Florida right now, so he can just drive. Oh you're good. shit! Perfect. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> All right, let's go. Throw him like 20 bucks for gas and I'm sure he can make it there, right? That's pretty easy. Florida's like just like one big place anyway. Um, all right, let's move on to the 7K range. Joel, uh, okay, yeah, Joel, we'll start with you. Talk to me a little bit about this range because I know, again, you're going to have to be here as well because you don't want to dip too deep into that 6K. So I like this range. Um, I know we're, we're, we're getting short on time, so I'm going to go through it quickly just so everyone knows my plays, but here's what we're thinking. In the 7K range, uh, first guy, Louis O., Luio is, is like a, he's got like a flair for the dramatic, right? He's, he shows up in big tournaments. This is a big tournament. You're getting him at 7,900, which, which should be a value for him. So, um, that's the reason why I'm liking him. His course history is above average, especially for this price. He's got three top twenties in the last five out. So definitely someone to target there. Scotty Scheffler, um, I think is probably one of the biggest price discrepancies, right? We've been looking at him at 9,800. Now we're getting about 78, right? His form hasn't fallen off the cliff, right? He's been playing well. I think the biggest thing that scares me about him is his lack of course history, right? He's young. He hasn't played too many tournaments here. So I don't know if he's going to be able to figure out the greens or if that's going to give him a really hard time. So I'm not going to have overly exposed to him, but I think he's definitely a nice way for you to get um, some value as a guy that easily could have been in the 8,000, 8,500 here at 7,800. Um, Justin Rose is interesting because his history is also spectacular. Uh, unfortunately, 2019, he missed the cut, but go back before that tied for 12th, second tied for 10th, tied for second. That's spectacular. Um, his recent form up until last week was poor, but then last week he did pretty well. Um, and he's one of those guys that like, he's not usually the type of guy, like, you know, there's the guys like Billy Horschel who they get hot and they continue that streak, you know, week and week, like a few weeks in a row that, that hot streak. Justin Rose is one of those guys that could be three missed cuts and then win a tournament. So He's one of those, like, this could be it. This could be where he pops. He's starting to show a little bit more form. So 
He's definitely one of the a, a good play. If you're looking at guys in this range, he's definitely one of the ones to target. Another one, similar play to um, a similar theory with um, uh, Scheffler is, is Matthew Fitzpatrick. He feels underpriced here. Um, that's the biggest thing. He feels like he should be a thousand dollars more. Um, he has, of course, history. He's played this course, tied for 21, 38, 32, and seven. So good enough where he can certainly perform. And the one thing about uh, Fitz that he has a reputation for is he tends to excel in more difficult courses. That is, certainly should come into play. This isn't going to be like the toughest course here by no means, but this is a type of meet some more you know rainy conditions, and that's the type of things where he usually um, kind of gets differentiates himself from the field. So I think he's a really interesting spot this week from there. I'll mention answer. I know C will talk about him as well. I think I like him at this price. I don't love him, but definitely like him. Um, I'm not playing too much Gary Woodland, but I do want to mention him just because his form is terrible. Uh, and that's why it's hard to play him. But he's a guy that earlier in this year, he was in the 9,000s as a price. And now he's 73 and no one's batting an eye. So he's got the talent to compete, but doesn't have a good history here. His form's terrible. I'm not going to be playing him, but just a guy that that's price really dipped a lot in, in the, within a couple of months. So that's something to keep an eye on. Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith, I liked a lot heading into today. I was one of my favorite value plays. I'm coming a little bit off of him because of how high his ownership looks. Uh, so I want to see what that when I get to it by the end of the week. If he's going to be 90% owned. Okay, no, he's not going to be 90% owned. But if he's going to be 20% owned or something like that, uh, that's it's, it's not as attractive to play him. But if we're getting him below 15%, then he's one of the better value plays in the below 7,500 range. And then one of the more interesting plays, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on Cockrack and Kisner first. Uh, Kisner is a great putter, and he's and I think he's just a better golfer than his price is giving him credit for. So if you want a, a low-salary guy to get interesting, he's certainly someone you can plug in with some of your a few stars that will help you get there because any tournament, Kisner can easily kind of finish at the top 15 or 20, and at this price range, that will help you get GPP. And Cockrack has been in unreal form. Uh, he hits it really long. If you want to target long drivers because of the conditions and the course um, and his recent form, all things are aligning for Cockrick. The only concern with him is this will be a new course for him, so he might not have a feel for it like we said with some of those other guys. But the guy I, I saved for last in this range that I, that I really wanted to touch on was Champ. Same thing with Champ. He doesn't have the history, but the difference with him, the reason why I wanted to save him is there's a few things. The first that made him stand out that really got him on my eye is looking at his betting odds. He's up there with your speeds, your your Fowlers. Your, he's up there with the guys that are a thousand dollars more. And you know, if you're going to get that salary relief in DFS, right? It seems like he's a really good value. He's probably the second longest hitter on tour after Bryson. So, in terms of length, he checks that box. His recent form is is box checked as well because um, he's playing pretty well. I mean, he didn't play the last two tournaments, but they were small, no name tournaments anyway. He played at the Zozo, got eighth, and there were some names in there. So. I like Champ a lot. He's probably one of my favorite value plays um, in this range. I love that. And yes, that's why we look at those odds, because again, if he's coming up uh, close to some of those other guys, I think that part is very, very important. We just got a question, Sanjay M at 7,500. He's one of your friends, so I feel like you should probably answer him, Joel. How do you feel about Sanjay? I, listen, he's definitely a fair play. I, I don't have anything. Like, I wouldn't tell you to fade him by any means. He's just like in a in a more crowded field. He's he's not. I don't see him as someone that can win the tournament. So like, if you want to play him as someone that might get you thirtieth place uh, and and round out as you have you know a couple of top ten finishers at, at higher price, that's fine. But I like him more of a cash play than I do as a GPP. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love I'll, it. See I'll, it. I'll, I'll tell you to fade him just because he has no course history and he hasn't been that good. And there's so many other guys in the 7K range that I would like better than him. So unless you're playing like 20, 30 lineups, I just don't see a space for Sung JM. Love it. See, what about the rest of the 7K range? Um, okay, so I like Louie. I agree with Joel on Louie. I, I, I'm not going to be on Scotty or Justin Rose. I'm going to go through this quick. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick as well. Um, listen, he's been really good off the tee, really good on approach. He kind of shows up at tournaments like this. Um, although he did miss the cut at the U S open. So, um, I agree. He's probably mispriced. Um, I agree with Joel on that. Um, skipping right over Phil, right over Sungjae. I like answer, but I don't think he has course history here either. So I am actually, he's probably going to be in one of my, um, outright and first round leader plays. And that sounds a little contradictory, but the point is I'm not going to be heavily invested in him on you know, for DFS purposes, but I do like his game and, and honestly, his game fits pretty well for this course. So that could be considered, uh, you know, an underpriced too, by the way, his ownership is like five, 6%. So that's pretty solid. 
Um, the other guys I like, I think Cam Smith is good. He's definitely popular. Shane Lowry, I like a little bit. The rest of these guys I'm not on until we get to a couple shorter hitters. I do like uh, Cockrack, by the way, but a couple shorter hitters that I like that I, that I think are going to show up at the Masters, Kevin Kisner and Ian Poulter. Um, both have similar games. Kisner has been really good at the Masters. His track record is excellent in terms of making cuts. And Ian Poulter's is really good, too. He was 12th at the Masters last year. And by the way, recent form is good. He was 12th at the CJ Cup. So those are the 7K uh, range guys I like. Yeah, Poulter fifth at the PGA Championship as well. So the European PGA Championship is still kind of cool. Something means something, yeah, I guess. Something to be said um, for that. Yeah, I think better than I could ever do, right? Um, uh, <laughs> Cockrack, very long first time starter? Question mark. I guess yes. Yes. Very. I don't understand the question. Neither do I. I'm going to go with yes though, because it seems like both of you guys like him, and I love his name. So I think we're all on Cockrack this week. If only Taylor Gooch was here, so we could have the triumph. No, that's only two. The uh, the the duality of man right there. Um, let us move on. Oh, he, what he, he, got, he got. I think he means course history with Cockrack, and that's actually a good point because he doesn't have course mm -hmm. history here. I th I'm, I'm assuming that's what he's asking. So yeah, no I course think so. history to go on. Okay, my bad. I didn't realize. First that. time starter. That's where the inflection of my voice came from. Question mark. Thanks, Austin. Austin <laughs> likes my mustache. I appreciate you. Um, all right, so let's get to it. The 6K range. This is where Sia really loves to show out. He's going to have Sia's secret weapon. How do you get Sia's secret weapon? You go to windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in our expert Discord chat. And that is where Sia will tell you where his secret weapon comes in. His secret weapon is under 7K, under 5% owned, and 21 and 2 on the season for not just making the cut, but doing pretty damn well. So finding a significant amount of value where you like to see it from Sia. Do you see what I did there? Sia, this has been fun. Talk to me a little bit about the 6K range. I know Joel's going to have to have a couple of these guys because he's really doing this weird ass like stars and scrubs and then some other dudes line up. But Sia, talk to me a little <laughs> bit about this 6K range. Who are some of the guys outside of your secret weapon, windailysports.com backslash chat that you will like? Okay, by the way, I loved your pun, but you're going to like my puns tomorrow because I, I have a bunch for Tua. So the NFL uh, show tomorrow, like, just you know, hold your breath. Is one, of them, is one of them Tua and O? Uh, Tua in a row. <laughs> uh, i got to work on it. You can see the point. You see yeah, I see, I see where you go. Here right, we go. So listen, uh, 6K guys I like. I know we're up against it a little bit. So we're I'm just going to kind of name the guys that I like. A, a few of them are in my article, by the way. And, and, mm. and Antonio and Patrick and Steven. Um, are going to have articles too. And of course, Joel's going to be in the Discord chat um, to talk about all these guys. But uh, let's see. The top end of the 6K range, I don't really like at all. But Siwoo Kim, I like. You know, this is a guy that can kind of blow up. We, we saw that recently where he was, you know, the leader on Sunday and just had an incredibly terrible front nine. So, but his game is good for here. And by the way, he's 15% owned, which for a 6,800 guy is, is, is saying something. So that's both good news and bad news. It's validating him, but you know, he's obviously popular, could be considered bad chalk in that sense. So just be careful there. Sebastian Munoz, another guy that's popular, 15% owned, but he really does have the game here. Um, I'm definitely going to have some shares of him. Kevin Na, I kind of liked, even though he's a short hitter, but him saying he had the back injury, all I can think of is Justin Jackson and David Johnson. I'm not going through that again. Uh, Lonto Griffin has been really good. He's, he's right around 10% owned. That's kind of high, but he's been really good. And at 6,600, I don't see a problem with, with taking a stab there. Christian Bezedinhut, uh, I've always liked him. Uh, great on approach, not great off the tee. So that's going to be something you're just going to have to hold your breath on. But at 2% ownership, 6,600, I think he's got to take a shot at. Um, Victor Perez, I think, is a decent play. And as I'm sort of scanning down the list, I did mention Justin Harding already. There was one other guy I thought I liked down here really low, but I think that's it. I think that's going to kind of round out the 6K range for me. And yeah, Dylan Fratelli, I don't think I'm, I'm usually – a lot of people like JT Poston. I'll say that. I'm not a Poston guy, but I'll, I'll, when I, I'm listening to a lot of like podcasts and stuff, he, he has a lot of momentum. He's in good recent form, but that's, that's not going to be for me. That's the 6K range for me. I like it. Joel? Talk to me a little bit. And then when I'm done, I have two guys that I want to ask each of you about. So I'll, I'll, I'll just, just going to say that. Talk to me, Joel. Please, you be, like Jordan Speed. Please be Jordan Speed. Please no, be Jordan Speed. No. So at this range, what's interesting is this is how you, you create the uh, Stars and Scrubs slash hybrid, right? This is how you do it. You avoid this range as much as you can. So I, 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 I got to stop you. Really. I got to stop you, Joel. I'm pretty confident <laughs> this is just called a lineup at that point. You can't you can't just start throwing <laughs> shit out there and just be like, oh, this is now a hybrid Stars yeah. and Scrubs. No, it's not. It's just a lineup yeah. at that point. 
No, no, no. Very no, Joel's right. Joel's this right. You're this all right. Is, all right. This is strategy. This is the Stars and Scrub hybrid lineup. And you got to understand it. I get it. Listen, you don't play as much as we do, so it's hard for you guys. I just to get don't it, get but... it, clearly. I just yeah, I get it. can't grasp the concept. Not your fault. Not your fault at all. I'll, I'll get you there. Anyway, though, in this range, I think that the guys if, that if I have to target, if I have to go here that, that I'm looking at, uh, the first guy I want to mention is Eric Van Ruyen. The only reason I like him is because he's coming up pretty good form and he hits it long. So those two boxes are checked, but no recent history means if you are going to play him, keep it keep it at a low percentage. Don't overplay him this week for sure. Um, Kim Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson has a, a top 10 here in the past. Um, he usually does pretty well. His recent form is, you know, hit or miss. He has some, he's done really well this year in some tournaments. He's kind of like up and down. He, I like him for GPP because he has the capabilities of being top 10. And, you know, that's how you're going to win a big field. So for that, if you want to sprinkle him in a few lines, I like it. One of my favorite plays um, in this range, though, is, is Sebastian Munoz. The only thing turning me off to him is really the fact that he's going to be pretty chalky. It's hard to play a guy in the 6,000, 6K range that's going to be very highly owned. So um, if, if his ownership percentage stays below or at least around 15%, I'll definitely have a lot of them. But I don't want to get into him too much if he's around the 20% range. Um, I do think Corey Connors is interesting for he's a guy I typically never play, but I think this week his long hitting and the fact that he's typically a terrible putter and he's been putting well recently could bode well for him. However, his lack of doing anything well at this course in the past is, is, is definitely a concern. Um, if you guys listen to the show weekly, you know, we mentioned Francisco Molinari last week because of what happened last that night. That was one of my guys. That was one of my yeah. guys. I was going to ask you about. <laughs> so well, I'm glad to be able to think quickly. Actually. His form, I don't even know what it is. He's like nowhere to be found. He like barely just started playing again. He's very confusing. Like it's like DraftKings new because they price him down with all the scrubs. And like when he did play, he was good, but now he's just not good. So I don't know. He's got last year. He was tied for fifth. The year before that, tied for twenty. The tied for third. So of course, this is what you're going off of at this price. It's definitely there. If recent form is what you're going off of, it's definitely not there. So you got to pick what which what your poison is and and how you want to risk it. Um, for the biscuit, I should say. Nice. And then um, thank you. <laughs> and the last kind of guy that I want to touch on this right now, let me go all the way down. I, um, Justin Harding's interesting because he got a tie for 12 last Jimmy Walker, if you want to just go off course history, as someone at 6,300, has a tie for 36, 20, 18, 29, 38. So consistently making cuts and at this price rate, that could be really valuable. Um, and I actually do like JT posted because I think I read somewhere he's a guy with a pulse at 6,300 that can compete, but with no course history, he's definitely not someone to love. If you got to plug and play someone down here, then maybe he's one of the guys to consider. I like that. Now we're just saying that these guys are alive, so it's worth to play them. <laughs> this is the analysis you get coming over and listening and watching to the Win Daily Sports Show Masters <laughs> Breakdown. Yes, Francisco Molinari was going to be one of the questions I asked the two of you, considering he was in the lead in the Masters on the fourth day. He then had some terrible shots towards the end and pretty much just fell apart. You kind of saw it on his face the whole time. You, everybody knew that there was no shot he was going to win. He looked like he was legitimately pooping his pants the entire time. That's how terrified this poor guy was. So it's sad. But yeah, he ended up finishing fifth. I think that's something important. Something important. And we have Jerry chiming in. Uh, he was leading last year until hitting into the crick on 12. Yes, it was the crick. The crick got him. Pretty unfortunate. Uh, so I think that's something to pay attention to there. And then the other guy, I just wanted to just try and say his last name because uh, I think we're all good friends. Uh, Jazz Jawatanarund. So that was fun. So he's a guy too. He's got a pulse. Does that don't mean you him. can? Don't take no, him. All right. He has a pulse him. though. So I do want to say that. Um, all right. So let's get to the fun part. Let's talk about some betting. What do we got? Boys, we're going to go over some outrights. Then we're going to switch to our first round leaders and we're all going to love it. And we're going to finish it in the next seven minutes. Sia, talk to me. Who are you taking to outright so, win the Masters? A couple things for, for those of you that are subscribers. Like I'm, I'm also going to have an article um, with yes. some like, heads up matches and some other like betting options, maybe some top 20s. I might consult with Joel on that as well. But so stay tuned for that. That'll probably be tomorrow on windailysports.com. If you're not already subscribed, what are you doing? Um, yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Outrights. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned Corey Connors. I also like him. I mentioned him earlier in the show, but I don't know if I mentioned him in the 6K range. The one thing I'll say about you know him not being very impressive in terms of his track record, he's only played once and he made the cut, finished 46th. That's not bad. I'll take that in the, like marginal experience over no experience, if you, if you know what I'm getting at, you know, versus your Collins and your Matthew Wolfs who don't have any experience. So anyway, um, I do like him as well. My outrights, I'll be quick here. Winner. Um, 
I only have four here. Uh, Patrick Reed at 30 to one, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 66 to one, Abraham Answer at 125 to one. If he can get over that no experience hump, I mean, he's he's competed at these major tournaments before he even won one. So at 125 to one, that's good. And then Lonto Griffin at 200 to one, I think is fun. These are bets you can put in pre flop and then. You know, as the tournament goes, put in some live bets for some guys that might have even better chances than the guys I just mentioned. Some live bets if they fall off a little bit. Yes. And just uh, of note, and the reason why I definitely wanted to bring up um, uh, Francisco Molinari, he has better odds to win than Abraham Answer. Uh, so not that that is, you know, it's not like we're, we're you know, breaking news yeah. yet, but it's definitely something to pay or, attention to. Definitely mm-hmm. something to pay attention to. So, uh, yeah, uh, 200 to 1, guys, come on. All we're asking, just put a single dollar on there. That's literally it. And then just one last thing before we hop over to you, Joel. Uh, a good friend, Zach, who writes our NHL for us. So we're going to see him pretty soon again. Mike Weir. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited for other Seriously. sports. Uh, Mike Weir apparently took the other Canadians out to Augusta to get them adjusted. And Corey Connors was a part of that group. So thank oh. you, Zach. Zach is our resident Canadian along with um, uh, Alan. We actually, and Ghost. Shit, we got a lot of Canadians here at Wind Daily Sports. We love you all. Uh, Joel, talk to me. Who are some of your outright bets? Well, first, I just want to comment. I love how Zach spelled Augusta. That's very accurate. So that's, Well, it's I pretty Canadian that. of him, eh? For outrights this week, I have four guys. If you want to go real fun, long shot, Munoz, 200 to 1. Put a dollar. That's going to be exciting, right? 200 to 1 is, is good. Um, another kind of medium-range shot, Rose, right? Going back to that history, he's got it. He usually pops in a spot. Maybe this is the one. He might be due for, for a victory here. So he's at 80 to 1. Um, I like Matsuyama getting his first play at 31. And if you notice, all my bet betting bets have kind of a bit of a storyline to them, right? So that's how I'm kind of picking my, my outrights. And, and the last but not least, if you're going storyline betting, going to the favorites let's get the, the career grand slam and let's get rory at 13 to 1 and then close the loop i love it yeah you kind of you told me the story i felt it i could feel it it was absolutely it was just beautiful um you're a great storyteller joel okay. i'll give you that Thank you. Thank uh you. see ya talk to me a little bit who are some of our first round leaders and one of them's tiger so who are the rest of our first round <laughs> so okay tony finau 33 to 1 uh, Abraham answer 66 to one. I'll admit this isn't like the best pick here for first round leader since he has no course experience. Call this Abraham answer thing more of a hunch than anything else. Again, I won't be overweight on him in DFS. This is just outright first round leader stuff. Uh, Jason Cockrack at 66 to one, Sebastian Munoz at 90 to one, uh, Christian Bezidenhut at 100 to one. And I don't know if you guys are ready. I'm going to break news right now. Oh, but the first round leader at the masters two days from now. And I, I can see the future two days from now, your first round leader, at 80 to 1, first round leader of the Masters is C. Woo. Kim. Ooh. 80 to 1. Ooh. Book it. Count it. Good if it goes. We got one. Good if it goes. I like that. All right. Uh, C. Will Kim, you will be getting two of my dollars. You will, Because of you, C. Will Kim, I will be giving two of my dollars to DraftKings and not expecting anything in return. Joel, who are some of your first round leaders for the Masters? Yeah, so I'm giving three first-round leader plays. One's a big long shot that is really just if you want to have some fun with a dollar at 150 to one. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you Jimmy. I'm gonna give you Jimmy Walker. Um, I like. I like his course history. Wait, did we say this guy? I don't even remember saying this guy's name. He already talked about it. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, he's got a great course history. I mean, he's done well here. If maybe he can get hot for one day early on and and have the lead at 151. That could be a fun a fun gamble to take for a dollar or two. Um, then uh, the real plays that I like for, for first-round leader, I like uh, Scheffler at 45-1. to 1. I think that's a good value. And my favorite first-round leader play is Kisner at 80-1. to 1. Um, I think you're getting a really good value at 80-1 to 1 on a guy that I think could easily be, you know, in the same or similar range as, as Scheffler in that 40 or 50-1 or to 1 range. I love it. That's a lot of dollar bets, gentlemen, and I'm excited to place every single one of those because – it is Masters Week. We are here for you. Sia already has his initial picks up. We had Steven. I don't know if you guys asked him to or whatever, but I got an email saying, I got this article. Can you put it up for me? So I was very excited about that. Steven gave us some news and notes, just some interesting information, going over some of the plays that he likes as well as what some of the ownership percentages look a little earlier in the week. So that is all for free. Sia will be having his betting article coming out on windailysports.com as well, where we do have our betting picks. For mostly for football, obviously now, but 
that's why we have the show. It is fun to do a little bit of that. As we said, Joel will be hanging out in the Discord, windailysports.com backslash chat to get seven free days in the Discord chat. You get a whole Masters. So he's going to help you out with showdowns. They're going to help Sia and Joel and everybody else on the team is going to help you out with head-to-heads. It's going to be an absolute blast. We're here to help you make money. We also have Antonio and Patrick and then another article by Steven coming out. And we'll be, I, I promise you, I promise you, Joel is winning a million dollars. I said it. Joel's going to win the million dollars and I cannot wait. No, you're not. Two million dollars? It's two million dollars? Jesus Christ. Joel is going to be, his kid isn't going to have to worry about college. I'm just going to tell you that much right now. Nothing to worry about college. And Joel is going to get so much Popeye's. He's not going to know what to do with it all. So gentlemen, sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you everybody for the questions and listening and watching and asking. We appreciate you. See ya. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Tomorrow live stream, 830 Eastern Standard Time for the NFL against the spread, the betting live stream. Also at Najad and at Najad Sports on Instagram. All right. And in the Discord chat, as always, and Joel, where can everybody find you? At Draftmaster Flex, you can find me there, and you can find me there on every site, Exchange Gram, you name it. Exchange Gram, not really sure what that means, but we appreciate each and every one of you. For Sia, for Joel, for the rest of the Wind Daily Sports family, we appreciate each and every one of you, and we hope you make it a very profitable Masters weekend. Goodbye, friends. Sports. <laughs>